Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We started at a high note uh, last week. Uh, the word of God came to us with power when Alex shared um, about the two builders, the builder who built on the rock and the builder who built on the sand. And consequently, the one who built on the sand, the fall of that building was great. But that, the one who built on the rock, the building was able to stand even the trying times, the wind, the rain, the floods, the building was standing. And that rock is Christ Jesus, the rock of ages. You know, the everlasting one, the chief cornerstone. So this morning, I just want to bring, I don't want to go too far. I'm going to put my Bible here. It's just for emergency. <laughs> because I've got my scriptures printed here. This morning, I want to bring a word uh, that the Lord has really stirred in my spirit. I don't want to go very further away from where Alex set us on last week. I'm probably going to stick with the building metaphor. Uh, but just bringing um, a different word. One second, please. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to stick with the building metaphor as we are starting the new year. One thing about starting a new year, it's, it's like flipping to a new page. God gave us seasons. He gave us times. He gave us days, weeks, months, and years. And those seasons gives us an opportunity to bring to an end something else and flip a new page to start something fresh. So every time when we step into a new season, one thing that God reminds me is to reflect, to look back uh, to the season that has gone past and then reflect forward and then look forward to what God has got in store for the season coming. The fact that seasons come and go also uh, gives me that confidence that I might be going through a difficult time, but that season too will come to pass in the same way that weeks and days and years come to pass. So as we are starting this uh, uh, 2023, one of the things that God has been stirring in my heart that I'm going to share with you this morning is just a reflection of um, as years are increasing, as we are flipping from one year to the next and to the next, uh, are we growing older or are we growing up? Because those are two different things. And God, you know, when, we, when, uh, when someone is born, you look at that someone and you expect to see them growing up. And if there is no growth taking place, it's something to worry about. You will see, you know, uh, the parent or whoever, the guardian, running around to look, to look for um, probably uh, intervention of doctors to say, my child is not growing up. So as years are flipping by, probably from the time that we came to know Christ, are we growing older in age or are we growing up in the spirit? One thing that uh, the word of God uh, calls us to all the time, we are called to grow. Jesus himself grew, the Bible says, he grew in wisdom and in stature. He also grew with favor with God and with men. The element of growth is there. And as we are stepping into the new year, I have made it one of my resolutions to say, you know what? One thing I really want to grow on is on, in, in my walk with God. 
One thing about um, our growth is that growth does not come to an end. Even when somebody grows up physically to become 100 years, they will continue to grow. They don't get to a place where you say, oh, they are now over 100, they've stopped growing. No, they will continue to grow. So no matter how long we have walked with God, no matter what kind of encounters with God that we have had, no matter how powerful things we have had, we have done in the name of the Lord, there is still room for us to continue to grow. Because we grow from glory to glory, from power to power, from strength to strength. And so this morning I'm just going to read from 2 Peter chapter 1. I'll read from verse 1 to verse 9. Bear with me, I'm not very good at reading, but I will try, my endeavor will be that you hear what I'm reading. <laughs> Praise God. So from verse 1 it says, To those, um, well I'll read from verse 2 rather, which says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied. That's an element of uh, growth, multiplication. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to godliness. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4 says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That, though these, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5 says, but also for this reason, for this reason that I've just articulated in the previous verses, giving diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. And then I love what follows in verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, some versions will say, for if these things are yours in increasing measure, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful. In other words, if you have these in increasing measure, you will live a fruitful life. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he, well I'm ending there, this was an overprint, I was going to verse 10. Anyway, so verse 9 says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. And he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sin. Verse 10 says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never 
stumble. I think I've done preaching. I'm done preaching. <laughs> you know, I, I was just reading this and I said, Lord, help us. It's a call to growth and increase in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is in that growth and increase in our knowledge of Jesus Christ that will uh, make us fruitful. It stops us from being people who work and work and work and bring no fruit, even in our walk with God. Praise the Lord. So I did say earlier on, uh, I don't want to, I just want to use the same metaphor, uh, the metaphor of building. Because what we are looking at, we are looking at building our spiritual life, building our walk with God, so that we continue to build and to grow in the knowledge of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. One thing I just want to throw out there is to realize that our spiritual growth has got nothing to do with our physical age. So it doesn't matter how young you are. You can grow and be a giant in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how later on in life you came to know the Lord. So your age doesn't matter because whenever you start, just jump in and work on knowing. So the point is uh, your age has got nothing to do with it. Your physical age has got nothing to do uh, with it. And also, you can grow spiritually as much as you want. It's an open-ended growth. In the same way that, uh, you know, no matter how many physical years you have, you continue to grow. It's the same no matter how many years you have served Christ. No matter how many miracles you have performed, God is yet to do greater things with you, with your life, if we are willing to open up our lives and allow growth to continue to take place. I think one of the most dangerous things we can ever do as believers is to get to a point where you have said, I have, uh, I have reached it, or uh, you know, I have accomplished it. Apostle Paul writes about, you know, I have not yet accomplished it. After planting churches, going to places, miracles, doing all kinds of things, he is the one who has written most of the New Testament. But still he continued to say, I have not yet accomplished it, but I keep, you know, I keep aiming for that higher calling in the Lord. And I just sense that is the calling that God is bringing, is bringing to us. Now just looking through the passage uh, that we, we have we have just read, talking about uh, our growth and building our spiritual life, building our, our walk with God. There is something that scripture brings to surface, which is the first thing is when you, let's just think about uh, building a physical building. When you want to build a physical building, before you start, you want to make sure that you have got the right, the right investor or an investor who is able to help you build and sustain that building. So the starting point is to make sure, number one, they have got the, uh, you know, the, the power. They might write you a check and say, yes, we can do this together. We can build and they write you a check of a million, uh, a million pounds and they give you. But that promise, you have got to be sure that the investor whom you are investing with, who have given you that check, they have got the power to fulfill the promise. The check is the promise, but the power is in the bank. You can come to me and I can write you a million pounds check to say, come on, let's build it. Here is the check. But the truth will come because when you get to the bank, you will get to the bank and they say, who wish this is the bank account? And I can promise you, you will walk out 
you know, embarrassed. So the starting point is you want an investor who is able to fulfill the promise. Many, there are many these days, there are many names that, that are being talked about. There are many names that you will hear. You know, this one is power and this, you know, oh, I don't want to start to name them. But there are many names that you talk about when you start to speak about anything spiritual. There are so many names, so many approaches, all kinds of things. But my question or our focus is, is this name, does this name have the power to deliver the promise that they are giving? It's the power of being able to deliver the promise that matters. When we look here, when we look on, uh, on verse 3, this is what verse 3 says. It says... Uh, his divine power. Now we are talking about the almighty God. The one who has got both the promises and also able to deliver the promises. He has the promise and he has the power to fulfill that promise. Verse 3 says, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. In the knowledge of him who called us to power and to glory by which he have given us exceedingly great and precious promises, that, uh, that, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature. So I am saying, this is what Apostle Peter is telling us. He is saying there can be a lot of promises out there. But let me tell you one thing. There is only God the Father whom through Christ Jesus has given us many promises. He has given us these promises, but he also has the divine power to fulfill the promises. I want us to start to realize when we talk about divine power, the whole world that we see was created by that divine power. Everything that is in, existed, in existence was crafted and put to motion by this divine power. And it's this, that very divine power that is giving us the promises. And through those promises, we can become partakers of that great power. How wonderful is that? So I am talking about uh, making sure when we start to talk about growth, is starting to look at yourself and probably start to undo certain things uh, or undo certain names uh, that we have looked up to, that we have depended on, and bring ourselves to a name uh, that is both the divine power to deliver the promise and also have got the promises written out. You know, there are more than 7,000 promises made by God in the Bible to humankind. More than 7,000. And then the scripture here that we read says he has the divine power to fulfill those promises. So if you are going to build with God, you have two things. There is promises for anything from your salvation to your, to your physical life, to your emotional life, all around anything you can think about. The word of God is full of those promises. And he says that, and, and now, the, one of the problems sometimes uh, that hinders our growth is the promises are there and they are sitting. And we are here, we are saying we are partakers of the promise. But we are not taking those promises. You know, it's just like when you get that check I'm, I'm talking about. Before you go to the bank to cash that, um, that check, 
That check is redundant. It's just sitting there. The power of using the check comes when you go to the bank and you hand over that check. So what am I saying? I'm saying God has given us promises. Every need, every problem, every issue, anything that affects us as humankind, God has given us promises in his word on how to deal with those things. But unless we take those promises and we claim those promises, and we walk in those promises, they will remain redundant promises that we will not benefit from. So for us to be able to benefit from every promise that God has given us, we have got to cash those promises. And cashing them is declaring them. The word of God in, uh, uh, in Job says, you shall declare a thing and it shall be established. In Isaiah 55, 11, scripture says, uh, God is, uh, scripture says, uh, God says, uh, uh, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which it has been spoken for. In other words, when you look at the promises of God, you draw from them, you declare those promises. God is saying those promises will not fall on the ground and dry because you are declaring them and claiming them and speaking that word of God out. He says it will surely bring forth fruit. So I say them. For us to be growing, this is the one thing. We have the promises, number one. And we have got the divine power. And when we received Christ as our Savior, we welcomed the divine power to dwell inside of us. So we walk in that power and we walk in that authority. The divine nature dwells inside of us. What is our part to do is to tap into that power as we claim those promises, declare those promises, speak forth those promises on any situation that arises. And you you know what? That's the beginning of growth. Do you know when you when you, you stand on the word of God and you declare it and a breakthrough comes or something happens? Do you know what happens? Your faith is pumped up. You feel like when something else happens, you look back and you say, the same God who dealt with that situation and pulled me out of that situation will do it again. So your faith is growing. Your confidence in God is also, is also growing. So it's taking those promises and cashing those promises by claiming them and walking in them. So we have got a God, number one, I said, uh, the right investor. He has the power and he has got, uh, he also has got the promises. Praise the Lord. I pray that we are, we are moving together. He has given us the great promises. And our portion is to trust those promises and walk with them. You know, one thing sometimes, sometimes that you can use to measure how you have grown or how you are growing in the Lord is how you respond to the word of God. Uh, not necessarily the word of God as in someone preaching, but even what you know about the word of God, how you respond, how your life responds to the word of God. It's like when you know God has got promises uh, to protect and preserve. When something comes that makes you feel vulnerable, are you fearful? Are you timid? Are you shrinking back? Are you broken down? Or can you rise up and say, God gave me a promise. And his promise is a promise of protection. It's a promise of, a promise of, pro, of providence. How you respond when times come to challenge and to shake you tells you a lot about how you are moving in trusting his promises and that which he says he will do. Trusting God is having the confidence that what he says in his word 
He will surely do it. And that is why sometimes you see two people going through the exactly the same situation. But the impact of that situation on the other individual, it differs. Sometimes it's to do with what you think of the word of God. How you respond to the word of God. And how much you trust what the Lord promises to do. Praise the Lord. So getting our growth starts by getting the right investor. And the right investor is our Lord God, the Father Almighty, who gives the promises and has got the power to deliver those promises. The second thing which we'll be reading out from uh, verse 4 to verse 5, we have got to follow the right building code. I said I'm going to use the building metaphor. Just carrying on. You have to follow the right, or shall I say the building plan. You know when you want to build... You have got to go to, when you go to the architecture, architecture, whatever, you know, they will draw for you and say, this room will be like this, the door will be here, the window will be here. And when you take that plan and follow it to build, the, um, the byproduct or the end product will be a perfect product as you visualized it on an image before the building started. Why? Because you have followed exactly the prescribed way to come up with that building. And you know God does the same thing. There is something, let me just read, there is something that um, uh, these days, you know, people want things that are easy. We, 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 we want things that, that are easy. So as a result, even the word of God, sometimes people tend to twist certain things so that they fit what makes it easy in, instead of following the building instructions that God has given. Let me read verse, uh, verse 5. Verse 5 says, But also for this, for this reason, give all diligence... Some uh, versions will say, give due diligence. Give all diligence to add to your faith. Let me stop there before I carry on. So there is a call to us uh, to, 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 uh, to operate with due diligence. So what we are seeing here, verse 3 to verse 4, that is God's part in our growth. He has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. All things, he has given us the full package. But there is still a part for us to play, which is found in verse 5. To give due, due diligence. Due diligence is uh, making every effort. Making every possible effort. And then what we have to put effort to do, we will follow, I'll read in a minute. But the call here is uh, God has done his part, but we also have got a part to play. You know, there is, a, there is a flawed way of uh, describing grace that has, um, in our time, just gone everywhere. And people sometimes uh, tend to like that approach because it's comfortable. And it, it allows me to say I am a Christian, but still do what I want. You know, have you ever heard people say, grace, just, grace means that God has done it all. You don't have to do anything. You can do what you want with your life. You can do whatever you want to do. The grace of God is complete and you are covered. You know, sometimes there's something that it's an incomplete truth. It's not truthfully what the word of God says. Because right here we are being told God has done it all and finished. But he's calling us to put due diligence in doing certain things 
while we are building. It's part of the building plan. The building plan, God has, da has done it. The, the, you know, I did say follow the building plan. So he's given us the plan of how to grow in him, how to grow in our work and in our knowledge of him. And he says, I have done all these things, I, the promises I have given you, the divine power I have given you, but your part now is to put due diligence in how you do certain things, which we will read in a minute. You know, it's, the good example is like this. I'll give a hospital example because that's where I spend most of my time. You know, I've worked in surgery for a long time. And you, you know, you, you do an operation, you finish, and the surgeon actually say, I am very happy with, with the out, outcome of this operation. I've, you know, I've accomplished what I wanted. It's all good. But do you know what? When this uh, patient is going home, they just, they, you don't just say, oh, it's all finished, go. They go home. But they are given what we call medications to take out. They call them TTOs in hospital language. They give them TTOs because it's those are, are medications to take out that are going to make this complete. It's not about our salvation. Our salvation is complete in Christ Jesus. But our growth takes our participation. That's why Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, work out your salvation. Working out, it's working out. It's about sanctification. It's about growing into the image of Christ. And that is going to take you to take some due diligence in how we do our life and we handle things around us. So I was saying, you, you know, there is a leaflet which says patient information for afterwards. But the doctor has done the work and he says it's complete. He's finished. And then there's antibiotics to take home, but the work is finished. And then when you go home, you have to work out your healing because it has already been done. But then they'll be telling you, don't put water on the wound. They'll say, make sure you keep it clean. They'll say, you know, make sure you take your antibiotics. And you go home and you do that. Are you the one who is doing the healing? No. The doctor completed the healing already. You are participating in that healing. So what am I saying? We also participate with God in our growth in the spirit. In our growth in our knowledge with God. We participate together with him. Praise the Lord. So then it goes on to say, he say it says here, um, it says that, but also for this very reason, is verse 5, giving diligence, add to your faith. Now this is an instruction to us. God has already done it. He's completed it. But he's giving us some TTOs, if I may say. He's giving us, you know, the patient leaflet, what we need to do. To maintain what he has done. So that we maintain the growth going up. He says, uh, to your, he says, uh, add to your faith virtue. To your, to your virtue, add knowledge. To your knowledge, add self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, love. And then verse 8, I love verse 8. It says, For if these things are in you, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being barren and being unfruitful. Praise the Lord. So he mentioned a few things there. Um, 
So it starts with, to your faith, add virtue. Virtue is moral excellence. So the, uh, the idea that grace means you can just go and do what you want with your life and it doesn't matter. You know, Jesus will keep, 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 keep picking you up from the mud and sorting you out. But there is no growth. You remain a child. If you are still playing in the mud and you come out, you get cleansed back in the mud. It's like a drama thing. So he says, uh, add virtue, which is add moral excellence to your faith. And then it says that also add knowledge. You know, authentic knowledge is not head knowledge. Authentic knowledge is a knowledge that you put into practice. In fact, the word of God says, Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he told them that uh, knowledge puffs up. If you know too much, but particularly the word of God, if you know too much of the word of God, but you have no willingness to live according to what that word does, it makes you big-headed. It makes you stubborn. It makes you arrogant because you know it all. But when you, when you add uh, authentic knowledge, it means it's a knowledge that you use and you manifest. And what the word of God teaches is enough to bring you down to be humble. So when you walk that, when you don't walk the walk, you become big-headed. But when you walk the walk, you become humble. So he says here, uh, to your moral excellence, also add knowledge, authentic knowledge, walking the walk of the knowledge that you know, the word of God that you know, the promises that you know, walk the walk. And then it says also to that, add self-control. And then to self-control, perseverance. Perseverance is uh, to be able to bear up in the midst of trial to be able to hang on there and continue to trust and continue to, uh, to pull on the promises, continue to declare the promises when the going is tough, not giving up on your faith and on your walk with God. That's perseverance. It says to, persevere, uh, to perseverance or add godliness. That's being right with God. And then when you are right with God, it will automatically lead to brotherly kindness. Because when you, when, you, when you walk with God and you are endeavoring to be like him and you are putting to practice the knowledge as authentic knowledge, living what the word says, the result of that is brotherly kindness will flow out of you. When brotherly kindness is flowing out of you, the result of it is love all around. So it's like a chain of one thing leading to the other, to the other. And that is what God is saying to us. I have done my part, giving you the promise, giving you the word, and also giving you the divine power to work this thing out I have given you. Then he says, take due diligence on how you live your life. And he tells us to live it this way. Knowledge to live is with perseverance, with godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And he says, when all this is complete, that will stop you from being barren. It will stop you from being, uh, to, from being unable to bring forth fruit. Your life will become fruitful in the knowledge of God, which will be evident in the kind of influence that you will have, whether in your family, in your workplace, or wherever is uh, your area of influence. That will be evident. 
which is leading to the third thing. So the first thing is the right investor. The second is the right investor who has the power and the promise. And the second thing is following the building code because uh, he has done his part, but we also have our part to do with due diligence. And the third thing is uh, think influence. When you are growing, you want to be thinking about influence because that is what we are called to be. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors of love. We are ambassadors of hope. We are ambassadors of, uh, uh, you know, anything that Christ gives. We are the ambassadors of those. So the scripture says, if we have these things in increasing measure, even all these things uh, that we have, the world is so hungry for them. The world is so hungry to be called people of virtue. Everyone wants to be called a person of virtue. Everyone wants to have, you know, strong faith. Everyone wants to be able to persevere in the midst of trials, to be able to get to the other side and say, I made it. Everyone wants, uh, you know, to, be, to, to give out love. Everyone wants it. We, have got, we are given the divine power to work these things out with God helping us. And the implication of that is the influence that we will bring forth. So I said the third, the third thing is uh, as you grow, think influence. It's asking yourself, what kind of influence am I bringing in every place that I step into? What kind of influence am I even in my own family? Both your nuclear family or extended family. What kind of influence are you? What kind of influence are you among your friends, among your connections? What kind of influence are you? Let me read verse 8 uh, so we move together on that point. It says, for if these things are yours, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even unto blindness, and they have forgotten that they were cleansed. Praise God. Do you know the knowledge or knowing where God took you from and knowing what the blood of Jesus did for you that in itself is enough for you to rise up and say, I will be a voice of influence. I will be a person of influence. You know, knowing um, the, the kind of, even if we want to talk about emotional things, sometimes God digs us out of some kind of fears, anxieties, some, you know, some kind of anger, instability, all things that caused chaos and unrest in our lives. But God took us out of those. And now we walk and we enjoy his peace. And it is that fruitfulness that we want to overflow. Remember verse 8 says, if you have these elements, if you have these in increasing measure, for me increasing measure tells me that the result of an increasing measure is an overflow. So when you are overflowing with that which is of God, the result or the impact is that you don't need to put any effort to be an influence. Your being there alone has got an overflow of love, has got an overflow of hope, it has got an overflow of kindness. And those who are around you have got no choice but to respond to that kind of love. 
that you don't even put effort because there is an increasing measure. I think that's why that's what Apostle Paul meant when he says that you, you're, you're, it will be inevitable for you to be fruitful. You cannot be barren. Because there is an overflow of godliness and purity and holiness and power and hope and all those things. It's an overflow that reaches out. You know, I just sense this morning, God is just calling us as we are starting this year. He is calling us to that place where we make conscious decision to say, do you know what? I want to take due diligence to add to my faith what I need to add to my faith so that my life will not be a redundant life, but my life will be a life of overflow that influences those around me unto knowing God. Or overflow that makes people want to know how do you do it? How do you do it? It's the overflow of how you manifest or manage or deal with everything that is around you in, in, in your life. And I sense the same thing even for us as a church. You know, while this is directed probably to individuals, but it's also directed to us collectively as a church, that as a church, when we, we come together and we, we focus on the one who gave us the promises and the divine power, and we add to our faith what we need to add to our faith as a church, that will keep us from being barren. We will become a voice. We are already. But do you know what? I did say growth does not stop. So there is more that could be done. What is being done is great, praise the Lord. But growth doesn't stop as long as we exist. God is saying, keep adding to your faith. So collectively as a congregation, I just sense God calling us to that place of adding and adding and adding to our faith. To, you know, so that we become a church of overflow. Overflow in our community. Our community that is so hungry for something that gives hope, for something that heals, for something that brings people, families together in unity. And that can be an overflow that would come from Center Church and reaching out to our community. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.